Hello, hey, and welcome to Ask the Color Expert. My name is Elaine Travis. I am a career hair colorist, independent educator, and author of the book, A Colorful Journey. I'm here every week sharing tips, tricks, and stories that are all things hair color. Thanks for joining me, and let's get started. This podcast is brought to you by Vish, a complete color management system designed by colorists for colorists, helping salons to eliminate waste, ensure consistent color and pricing, track inventory, and maximize profit. To learn more about Vish, simply text in all capitals, get Vish with no space, G-E-T-V-I-S-H, to the number 44222 for more information. Hello and welcome back. On today's podcast, I have special guest London Curtis from Salon Scholar. (laughs) Hello. We are getting together the first Wednesday of every month to record a special podcast, WTF Wednesday. We both met on social media and kind of chat back and forth in Messenger. Did you see that post on Blah Blah Forum? Can you even believe that someone thought that? Ha ha ha. And we both got together for an interview and said, how fun would it be to talk about these things on the podcast? So welcome back, London. Thank you, Elaine. This is so much fun. This is like a break from everyday life and work you know, and so we can just like have fun, get together and kind of talk about some of the challenges while also coming up with solutions, I believe. Right? And to, to jump on to that, really, we are not being mean girls. We both no. are super passionate educators, but this is a lighthearted way to kind of bring these things to the forefront because someone was brave enough to type these questions into a forum. And I can only imagine the backlash of mean comments that they got. So we're not doing this to be mean. We're doing it to say, you know, there are some silly questions and unfortunately people do give really mean answers, but if it can help someone by avoiding, you know, something as a result of us chatting, then that's what we're here to do. Right. So I want you to start off with the first one. This one was, was really a head scratcher for me and, and I feel partially responsible and I'll, I'll say why once you, you lay it out there. <laughs> okay. Well, a quick, I want to say that for every question or for every challenges, every challenge that like either the new stylist or a senior stylist has had, I've probably had at least two to three to match their one. So, I mean, we've all, we all have challenges in this, is challenges in this one. Okay. So this first one, um, it's, it's kind of a two part question. So she says, I have used cornstarch to thicken color and it works great. So that's the first part. Now here's, here's her question. Has anyone used it to thicken perm solution? Question mark. So for me, I felt partially responsible because in my book and when I teach at shows, I share that cornstarch trick. It's in my top 10 PDF for becoming a, you know, an expert colorist. It's everywhere in my trainings that simple household cornstarch, if you're um, someone who likes to cook or if you bake, you know that cornstarch's main role is to thicken things without changing anything else about it. So that was something I learned, you know, 35 years ago working with uh, a color mentor 
she would just add it into her hair color when she was foiling and it gave it that lightener consistency that we all like so it wasn't as drippy and runny so it works great for that you know it's about a tablespoon of it mixed into your color is wonderful now don't get me wrong don't mix cornstarch into your color when you're doing a root retouch there's no need for it it's the Mm -hmm. perfect consistency on the roots this is for putting it into foils so this person is taking it a step further and probably thinking you know the clients complain that the um, perm solution is so cold and it runs and it drips and you're always changing the cotton so i get i get where they're going in their head but i'm trying to wrap myself around cornstarch in the little bottle of perm solution and trying to get it out of that little tiny needle tip applicator it would never come out of the bottle it's a really bad idea whoever you are that that wrote that question no it is a super super bad idea so things aren't one size fits all you know Sure. and in my mind i'm thinking like you i'm thinking like like how are you doing this exactly like how would you get the corns i guess unscrew the lid put it in and then you know uh, puncture the top, but then I'm thinking, okay, maybe she wants to dump it in a bowl, you know, uh, apply with a bowl and a brush and then apply cornstarch and then maybe paint it on. But with the perm solution, because of how we wrap the hair with the rods, you're not going to be able to penetrate all the way through that, all the way through that section. You know, I mean, I guess you're going to, unless you would pre, I'm sorry, I'm not laughing, but like, unless you would like pre-solution her hair, which would also be a terrible idea. Can you imagine that mess, that paste everywhere? I mean, I'm just like going places that my mind should not go. It's just an overall really bad idea. (laughs) Yeah. Now I will say if, if the challenge is that the perm solution's too runny, getting in their face, cotton, things like that, um, simply apply it with the client back in the shampoo bowl, you know, hit the couple back first, then have them lay back and apply the rest or whatever, have them put a towel over their face to protect themselves. So yeah, I, I do agree that it can be a mess, but adding corn uh, uh, cornstarch is not the solution. Yeah. Another tip that I had, I used to be the perm queen, man, in the eighties. If you had hair, it was permed. I see all yeah. my, my friends will post Facebook pictures of when I was doing their hair in the 80s. I'm like, oh my God, I cannot believe I'm responsible for that. They all look exactly alike. Yeah, you're like, whatever, that was a great rap. Giant (laughs) hair, big giant bangs. But one of the tips that really served me well was taking a pin and opening the uh, perm solution instead of cutting it with scissors because the hole is so much smaller. And then just going back and forth and tilting the rod up to make sure that the saturation is even. And, yes. and number one important thing, changing that cotton. I learned yes. that one the hard way. I had a client, I was very eager. I had a client, I was so excited. It was my brand new chair right out of beauty school. And I piled on the perm solution and the cotton was dripping saturated, yes. sitting on her neck. And she sat there with her neck on fire for 20 minutes or however long it took to process. And she never said anything. Mm -hmm. And of course, when I took the cotton off, she had this bright red, angry, Mm -hmm. sore looking. And I was like, oh my God, my first week in a salon, I'm going to be sued. And it was such a simple thing. Change the damn cotton. Like it's always the simplest thing that you want to turn back time five minutes and say, what were you thinking that gets you into trouble? So just being really you know, 
good about making them as comfortable as possible. And I used to love those old school trays that sit around underneath that it drips into. I love those things, you know, because it just kept you from putting 14,000 towels around their neck and making it, it just felt gross getting a perm. So however you can make them feel more comfortable and like you said, have them lay back, you know, make sure that they're not, the worst was getting rinsed and having those neck rods digging into your skull. You're yes. like, how long is this going to last? Another great tip, because perms are coming back while we're discussing perms, is to air neutralize. If you want that really firm curl, that was something I did later in my perming days to right. just let it be open air and really blot it with paper towels and get all yeah. that excess water out and then neutralize it. That really made those perms last, you know, six months instead of two months. Sure. And, and that's why I always say read the directions because some perm solutions will specifically call that out to air neutralize. So if it does, don't skip it, you know, you know take the time to do it. So I agree with that completely. What do we have next? Um, I have one that is, you know, I have mixed feelings on the whole sweet thing and I talk about it all the time in my coffee chats. I think that sweets are amazing for someone who, you know, is established. They have a full book of business. They're tired of the salon drama. They don't want to subscribe to a certain dress code. They don't want to be told what hours to work. They just want to do their thing and go home. I think that sweets are amazing for that. But I think now the trend is brand new people out of beauty school saying, I'm going right into a suite. So this one triggered me. My studio is officially open one month now. And I've legit had two clients that aren't family. That's a whole other story. I'm not making rent this week. Shocker. Obviously not making money for bills. Currently looking for a job. I'm frustrated, upset. I even opened my own studio and don't know what to do. So this hits me on so many levels. Yeah. So Um, my my initial like knee knee jerk reaction is there are so many people doing it right. And then you have somebody like this that um, is really missing the mark as far as, you know, did you have a clientele? Were you prepared? Did you, did you consult multiple people that have done it successfully? Not your friend from hair school that's been doing it for six months. No, somebody that's actually been doing it successfully. And then maybe even getting an outside perspective, a salon owner, a salon coach yourself, you know, somebody else that can give you another perspective. So you have all the information before you even travel down that road. Absolutely. I, I've done hair for 33 years. I've owned two very successful full salons. And when I moved to Florida last year, the first thing I did was seek out a suite that was closest to my home for the simple reason that I wanted to film content for my online education. I wasn't looking to have a full book of clients and do hair behind the chair. I just wanted a space. Mm -hmm. So I found a suite, great location, annoying parking. That was not great. And I shared it with someone and I have the confidence, I have the skill, I have the um, experience. I tick all the boxes for who should be um, successful in a suite. The box that wasn't ticked is clients. I don't have, I don't know a single soul here. So I wasn't looking to build a client base, but if I was, I wouldn't have made it past the first month. You know, Mm -hmm. there's, there's a difference between sitting in a salon, having a strong mentor teaching you, doing some shampoos, getting some tips from clients, and maybe not setting the world on fire as far as your income, but paying out 
a monthly, you know, rent to a suite where you're at a negative when you're not busy to me is obscene. Like, I don't even know what goes through these people's heads. There's such a difference. I spoke to someone, someone called me for a consultation the other day that worked for me 20 years ago. Mm. And she was like, I need your help. I have this situation. You know, it's a long story, but she's displaced right now. Something unfortunate happened with her salon and they're out of work. And the salon owner's like, just go to people's houses for right now and try to keep your, it's like a shit show. So she's doing that. And she was like, what do you think about sweets? And I said, this is a hard thing for me to answer because uh, my daughter owns my salon. So I am nervous that the suites have become a thing and I don't want my staff to all break up and go into these little rooms and be by themselves and not have that camaraderie and that sense of community. And I don't sure. love it in that way. But I said for you, you know, unfortunately you're given no choice. You don't have a place to do your business and for you to, you know, scramble and get a job somewhere and try to get reestablished and all that, this is actually a perfect time for you to go into a suite. So in speaking with her, she has the book of business. She has a little bit of money and you know, she has money to invest in what would be needed in a suite. She was given her entire book of business information because the owner's like, here, you got to take care of these people. We have nowhere to do them. So it's like the actual, actual perfect setup and she's scared to death. So how do people like this person that wrote this on a forum even have the guts to even think that it would be a good, it's like so opposite, you know, the people that should and could don't, they're scared to death. I think it's misinformation. Yeah. I think it's misinformation from the ground level. Right. So, I mean, it's, it's in, uh, you know, like when you go to apply for cosmetology school, it's in the administration's best job to make the industry sound like rainbows and sunshine. It's just in their best interest. Right. Um, and I'm not saying they have ill ill intentions, but it is in their best interest. Right. You, you, whatever. Okay. So, you know, and so I've heard craziest things that the new hires have told me, you know, they told me I would make a hundred thousand dollars my first year. I could get on to X, Y, Z salon, you know, which, which is kind of partly true. I mean, we do have a, it, the new hires coming out are kind of picking the salons that they want to go to. It's much different than, you know, it used to be. So that part is, is I could go either way on that one, but what, so then, you know, so they kind of get this big head and then they get out and they still have that big head. Right. And they don't want to, you know, go, they don't want to follow the line. They don't want to, you know, stand in line and wait their turn. But there's so many other challenges that come with, with owning a suite. And I'm not against it. See, that's the weird thing is I'm not against it, but I'm also not for it. I just think like you're saying, if it's the right situation, then it's the the right situation. But um, you don't have the team atmosphere. And what people don't realize about having a team is you also get education, whether you realize it or not, you're bouncing formulas off each other. You know, nobody's patting you on the back when you're by yourself saying, Hey, you did a great job today, Elaine. You know, that's very lonely. Yeah. It's very lonely. lonely right. Um, and education's hard because you, because people have different lines of, uh, products, different lines of retails. They're not sending in an educator for one person. Right. It's not happening, you know? And so you really have to spend the money to get your own education. You know, if there's a new technique that comes out, if there's, you know, cornstarch and perms becomes a thing and you want to <laughs> learn it. I mean, you know, you're going to have to go somewhere and lo- you, you have to spend your dollars. Um, 
So there are additional challenges in that aspect too. Yeah. And I feel for this girl saying that, you know, she wants to get another job. Who knows if that's, you know, if she's being serious, but I've have heard that before, you know, I've had a lot of new hires that feel like they need to get another job to supplement their income. So she's not unique in that aspect. I have heard that before. And I'm a firm believer in going all in to your craft. Um, I, I had an awesome interview last night with two very successful salon owners out in California. They have a celebrity clientele. And the, the first thing we talked about was that the, the colorist from this um, partnership spent five years as an assistant with a famous colorist and right. was happy to. And she said there were a lot of weeks. She was living in New York City, trying to survive as a young 20-something being an assistant. And she said there were weeks that I had $20 at the end of the week and I had to make it work. And that's why she's successful now. You know, you, you hit the nail on the head and you said people don't want to go in the order that you're supposed to go to be successful. The internet, social media has made everybody look like an overnight success, but nobody sees the grind. Nobody, you know, like Jewel talks about she slept in her car for a year and now she's Jewel the singer, but nobody saw right. her sleeping in her car. You know, right. they think she just, you know, put a video on YouTube and got discovered and everything was rainbows yeah. and sunshine. So. And you know, when you go to hair shows and I tell my new hairs this all the time, when you go to hair shows and you see the people on stage and you know, you see the people in the booths and um, you know, heading up the education, whatever it may, may be, they may still be working 40 hours behind their chair. You don't understand. Like that's, yep. that might not be their sole job. And nine times out of 10, it is not. And being an educator for a brand can sometimes pay fuzzballs and buttons. So, you know, you, sometimes you do it for the love of the craft. So if you really want to make the money, um, these, these glitz and glamour positions, they're not always the road that you might want to travel down. And I am, same thing, I am living same proof thing, of that. <laughs> yeah. And same, and same thing goes with the suite. You know, you think it's going to be glitz, glamour, and I'm going to have all this money in my pocket because your friend does. But just, you know, you just have to have all the information before you jump. I think, too, the, the suite owners have a certain sense of responsibility as well. I think that most suite owners are not hairstylists. They're not in the industry. I don't think they really understand the setup of it. So they're like, with this person that wrote in, like, here you go, sign the lease. We don't care. We'll take your 1500 a month right. or whatever the fee is. But what I saw in the short time that I was in a suite, I only made it three months because I was like, this is not working. I'm, I'm mm -hmm. paying money to have this place. Yeah. Um, there was so much turnover. Literally, I never got to know anybody. I was there three months and there oh, was wow. probably four to five suites that turned over in that time that I was there. Wow. So it's That's like a boat with a hole in it. You know, it's like, oh, we got a hot one, charge her rent. And I don't, I don't know how their contract works. I don't know if they signed on for a year and just broke the lease or how that all works. Um, some, some of them, it was an actual success story. Some of them outgrew the space and decided to take on salon ownership. Um, they're going to mm -hmm. learn really quick what they got themselves into. So it's a lot different, you know, being busy, busy, busy in a suite and being busy in a full salon. But I just think that the industry has changed so much, I think, in yeah. the last two years, more than I've ever seen in my entire career, in some ways for the better, and in a lot of ways for the better, but in a lot of ways, you know, that mentor and 
um, apprentice relationship is so, so valuable. And I just can't seem to get people to understand that. And I, and then I see the jumping, you know, I met a girl in person here in St. Pete and, and people tend to want to blame, you know, when they're not successful. Oh, the salon right. doesn't uh, promote me. They don't do enough specials for me. The salon's not right. busy enough. Well, it's up to you. You're a business within a business, no matter what your setup is. If you're commission, if you're booth rent, if you're, um, you know, a, a solo suite, whatever it may be, you are that, you and you alone are that business. And until people right. understand that, you know, they're not going to be instantly successful. And it, it breaks my heart to see the turnover in the industry, the people that drop right. out that just can't cut it and can't, you know, stick through the hard times. But think about a doctor, you know, the education that they need to go through before they're actually in the hospital oh working on patients. Like they right. don't sleep. They have, you know, they're like 10 plus years. years. Yeah. <laughs> and the debt, like my cousin is a family physician. He's like the debt that you have starting out as a doctor. So right. honestly, I can confidently say that some of my colorists that worked with me earn more than doctors that I know Yeah, because of that, because of the difference in the amount of time they put in and the debt that they incurred. So mm -hmm. it really can be a very lucrative, lucrative industry if sure. you take the right path and you put your time in. Right. You know? And, you know, I mean, I, I, I know what you mean as far as people want to really point the finger and blame the salon owner and blame the salon and it's everybody's fault but yours. And the only thing I would say is, you know, you can set yourself up in, in the way that uh, you pick a salon with a good reputation, good location, you know, so, so you do do things that kind of help you out with maybe the expectation that, you know, the location is going to help you and things like that. But at the end of the day, you're right. I mean, are you, are you making sure that the clients that sit in your chair, are you making sure that they come back to you and how are you doing it? And if you don't know, then go ask somebody in the salon that is doing that, right? If you're sitting in the break room wondering why you're not busy, go find the person that's busy in the salon and figure out why they're busy, right? There's, there's no value and, and sitting ask, back there wondering. Ask clients, you know, reach out to sure. them. Like people say, what I'll happened? What happened? Yes. You know, she was coming and we really hit it off and da, da, da. And I will come right out and ask, I'll call the person on the phone. Cause especially, you know, when I was getting ready to wrap up my time behind the chair, I had someone who I was the only person to do their hair for 30 years. And all of a sudden she, you know, you wake up one day and you're like, wait a minute, you realize how long it's been since yeah. you've been in. So yeah. she was a friend outside of the salon. We grew up together and I, I reached out and I said, Hey, you know, I noticed you haven't been in and you know, I really hope, I don't want to make you uncomfortable and coming right out and asking you, but I really hope sure. that it was nothing that I did or that my salon dropped the ball with maybe getting back to you on an appointment. Like it's really bugging me and I need to know the why. And she was like, oh my God, no, I'm so glad you called me. I've been meaning to reach out to you. I wanted to tell you myself why. And she said, you know, I love you and we have a great relationship, but my husband just retired and I'm getting ready to retire and we're going to be on, you know, a lower budget and I just can't afford your prices anymore. And that was perfectly fine with me. And I didn't scramble and say, oh my gosh, I'll charge you less. I just want to keep you the way, you know, sure. people react and want to save the person. I said, oh my gosh, thank you for telling me that. That really makes me feel 
a lot better. I hope you have found someone who's, you know, making you happy and you love your hair. And she's like, yeah, everything's great. I'm like, you know, I hope that you'll keep in touch. I've really enjoyed being your hairdresser all these years. I mean, I, I literally, her high school graduation, her college graduation, her wedding, when her kids were born. I mean, you, you have a relationship sure. with these people. And when they suddenly disappear, you're like, okay, am I off right. my game? So right. yeah, and just then checking in. Yeah, no, that's perfect. That's perfect for a client that's been with you for a long time. And then, you know, somebody that's, I love that. But, you know, the client that maybe comes to you one time and then they never hear from you again, right? So let's say you do their color for the first time. Well, what if you called them in three days and asked them, what if you, you know, what if you sent them home with three different products in hopes, cross your fingers, that they know how to use them? So why don't you call them in three days and ask them, you know, what can I do? to help you as far if they're a little confused on the products or whatever that may be. If you stay in front of your clients, the chances of you retaining them are really good. So you have to stay in front of them, right? I love that, that's so true. And, and what a way to stand out from anyone else. I'm a, I'm a big believer in the written thank you note. I'm very yeah. old school with that. And if I ever do business with any business and I get that written sure. thank you note, I am theirs yes. until they do something to change my mind. You know, right. really makes an impression on me. So, so yes, I was, a, absolutely. I was a speaker at data driven. I'm going to, I'm going to brag on myself for a second. Cause I'm the same way. And I wrote handwritten thank you notes to the people that were the reason that I was even invited and that I was able to attend and speak, you know, and they reached out to me. Like, I can't believe that I, I haven't gotten a handwritten thank you note in so long. That's awesome. Right. Yeah. And it's like, my grandpa taught me that. So you know, um, you know, just saying, I didn't get a yeah. written thank you note from you for our time together. So just saying, right. I don't know if I have your address. <laughs> That's the other problem with, with yeah. doing everything, you know, you and I both do virtual education and there's so many times that I want to write a little love note to one of I my know. members. And I'm like, crap, it's not a surprise anymore. If I, like, I have to literally send them a message and sure. say, hey, you know, Anne, I, I need to send you something, send me your address. Then it's not a surprise anymore. I love well, to get and, that just total surprise. And what about the salon owner? You know, have, you know, if you're a staff member, if you're an individual contributor of the salon that you work at, how about writing the salon owner just a little note to let them know that, you appreciate the salon, you appreciate what that person's done for you, you know, and then maybe somebody's helped you in the salon. You don't even realize how far that will go. If you just drop a little note in their drawer and they, you know, I mean, think about how you would feel if you open up your drawer and it was like just a little tiny heart and it had your name on it. You know, it was just mm -hmm. a thank you for whatever it is that you did. You know, so sometimes we forget that the strongest people, the leaders at the top also need a little pat on the back at times and you can be that person. So just I kind love of taking, that, love yeah, that because it is everybody. so lonely being the leader because yes. people don't want to socialize with you because they look like they're sucking up. So, you know, the staff will be like, oh, we're all going out for a glass of wine, blah, blah, blah. And it's sure. like, they don't want you to come because they don't want you to hear their personal life outside of business. And I would constantly get my feelings hurt. My husband would say, you are the boss. I don't want to go out with my boss. I don't want to go on. Cause I would say, let's all go to this hair show and let's all go and stay at this hotel. And they'd be kind of, yeah. uh. and he's like, you don't want to be with your boss. I'm like, but I'm fun. He's like, it doesn't matter. Right. right. <laughs> so yeah, a little note. And I have gotten some really nice notes that bring me to instant tears. And it is such yeah. a simple, simple way of showing gratitude and just talk about, 
you know, living the secret and manifesting a better life, just being that person that right. shares in the gratitude, everything else just starts showing up, you know, yeah. instead well, of blaming that, and, and yes. pointing fingers, just being in constant gratitude and, and looking for whatever the next opportunity is. Um, you know what? This is supposed, we're, be, we're supposed to be mean girling and we're giving yeah. awesome <laughs> advice and we're being way too kind. But right. I'm stealing your idea. As soon as we hang up, I'm going to actually write out a couple notes to beauty school owners, yes. teachers, whoever I can get in touch with. Because I've been so frustrated with trying to give of myself and my time to right. teach at beauty schools free. I just want to get in front of as many stylist as I can. And I can't tell you how many dead ends I've gotten to with people that just are not interested. And mm -hmm. it's sad because there's a big disconnect and it's needed in the industry. Right. Um, but you know, maybe a little handwritten note might do the trick. I'm gonna I bet do it will. That. That's my homework. Well, and what's today. the saying? If you give people with, if you help somebody get what they want, you get what you want. Right. So it means like, you know, if you prop up the leader, you make the leader look good, you help, you know, like, you know, it's like, it's kind of like, what does your boss need, right? What does your salon owner need? You figure it out before they ever tell you and do it. I mean, you would knock them over with a feather, really, you know? And so just being very aware of the part that you play in the salon, because it's important. I don't care if you're new. I don't care if you're seasoned. Your part in the salon is extremely important. Right. I love that. I love that. And I actually want to end with that because that's the perfect, perfect ending to our WTF chat. <laughs> so if you're listening to this, this is the first episode of the WTF monthly chat. If yeah. you have seen or heard something that made you roll your eyes and cover your ears and think, what are they thinking? Feel free to write to me or to London. Um, London, share your info, how they can reach you. Yeah, they can reach me through social media. So um, either London Curtis or Salon Scholar, which is my business, or my email, which is london.curtis at salonscholar.com. Nice. And mine is Elaine at Expert Color Solutions with an S dot com. Or again, social media, Expert Color Solutions. Um, just send me a DM or, you know, however you want to reach out and set, you know, let us know something for our April, our yeah. April WTF Wednesday. I know, I look so, forward to it. Yes. Thank I'm you, excited. London. And thank you everybody for listening. We'll see you soon. Thank you, Elaine. Thank you for listening to the Ask the Color Expert podcast. Please subscribe and be sure to leave a review. For more information on hair color education, please visit my website, www.expertcolorsolutions.com. See you soon.